You're listening to Eureka on Monocle Radio, brought to you by the team behind The Entrepreneurs, the show all about inspiring people, innovative companies, and fresh ideas in global business. I'm Tom Edwards. Today's episode considers the future of fashion. There is no shortage of startups looking to provide answers to the fashion industry's sustainability problem. The ways that consumers consume garments can be somewhat wasteful, and the wider sector has a big problem with wasted resources too. Many of those startups are seeking to make change through a shift in models of ownership. But so far, the fashion rental space has largely been the domain of women's wear and occasion wear and has lived primarily on apps. Berlin-based startup Pool is bucking the trend. It's a local fashion service offering unisex everyday garments for rent. Pool is pursuing parallel on and offline strategies that focus on community building. Monocle's Paige Reynolds went along to Pool's brand new store come showroom in the German capital to find out more. A chorus of tweeting birds fills the air as I enter a gold-framed shop on the corner of Große Hamburger Straße in Berlin's main shopping district, Mitte. However, the neighbourhood's new arrival is not a retail spot about buying. Instead, we find an important player in the fast-growing fashion rental market. Welcome to the pool. This is our entrance, which is an entrance that feels a bit more like a reception for members. That's Gruner Orloff, one of Pool's founders, describing the distinctive space the brand has been settling into since late February. So instead of having this direct entrance into a typical showroom or retail store, you would come into this, where you would typically meet one of our team members. This is sort of the original corner of uh, the supermarket deli that was here before. There was a typical like East Berlin DDR deli that used to sell like groceries and veggies. It's the original terrazzo floor that we've been renovating and bringing back into the almost original state. And then it's our interior concept. And it's a concept that's built around the idea of reusing elements. It works almost like a Lego Lego system where we can take it all apart and rebuild it in a new structure. And as you're walking through, you will slowly start seeing that there's a different option of just buying. You can also take an item out on a membership. And that typically starts the conversation. And then we have this moment of like, okay, what's this? Give me the pitch. And then that whole conversation starts in a different way. Alongside business partner Christian Rex, the Danish duo founded Pool in 2020 and describe its core concept as an extended wardrobe. So what is the pitch and how does it work? What we're trying to do is to basically give people access to a contemporary range of garments at a monthly price. So it works like a, a closet service or a wardrobe service. Instead of buying to own, you will pay a month subscription or rental or membership, whatever you want to call it. And for that membership price, you get access to, to garments. Our subscriptions, they vary in terms of how many items you hold. But if you hold one item, let's say one item could be 29 euros. And for 29 euros, you then have this item. When you're tired of the item, you want to give it back. You give it back and that swap is then included in the price to take a new item out. We got together with this sort of core belief that in order to live a sustainable life with your closet and the things that you want to wear and, you know, explore fashion as a concept, there is no real sustainable solution. And all the brands that we saw from Ghani, from Patagonia, from the high-end brands in the Caring Group, for example, that are working a lot on these topics, they still have to produce a lot more items in order to produce these sustainable attributes. And it creates 
ton of waste. It's just more production at the end of the day because they all need to produce more to have a better business. So we talked a lot about like circularity. We talked a lot about this anti-ownership movement. The way that many people live in Berlin is that they don't own a car, they don't own a bike. They don't, you know, there's a lot of things that you've moved away from owning. And it seemed like fashion was a natural step and one of these next waves that were to come. With 20 years of friendship between them and backgrounds in brands and organisations like Ghani and Parlay for the Oceans, the slippery-sounding pool had a solid foundation to build on. So how did the idea start to take shape? Here's Christian. From the beginning, it's been important for Una and I to be authentic around what we're doing. When you're a startup and you're two guys, it would just be weird for us to start a women's wear platform. It wouldn't feel that authentic when we would have to stand in the showroom ourselves to begin with. <laughs> so that just felt most right and where we also had the connections to start around. We also thought that part of our concept is the convenience around it. That we had an idea or feeling that that might resonate well with men. We both had the experience of going into a uh, normal fashion shop, not really liking all the thing about uh, making the decision about commitment, looking at a shirt for two or 300 euros and like, oh, do, am, am I going to wear this enough? And uh, standing there sweating in the, in the fitting room. We thought that might resonate well with men, like uh, to not... Uh, have to make those big decisions, but you can actually just have uh, a... <laughs> yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's maybe sounds weird, but we see it now with uh, some of our members that come in and they don't think too hard about it because they know it's not a big commitment. They know if they take a shirt for 29 euros per month, if they don't like it, they just come back and swap it to something else and try something else. So it's, there's not a big risk in it. I think we, uh, we started talking in 19, start drafting the first pitch decks that we wanted to show to investors. We started in a uh, co-working space here in Berlin. And then from that on, we, we joined this accelerator program. We got a grant from the city of Berlin to start a company and start like, a, it's called like Gründerbonus. It's like something they give to companies they believe in that add a green profile to the city, but also someone that does something for the city of Berlin. And that kind of enabled us to get a small showroom in Kreuzberg where we were before. It was the old printing house facility of all the newspapers in the city. It's called Zeitungsviertel. For us, it was a perfect opportunity to go into a building that could be our warehouse. That was the first step. We got the first five racks in and hosted our first 25 members during the autumn of 2020. But we had no systems in place. It was really for ourselves. It was to prove like somebody actually wants to pay to take a garment out and not own it. So that's what happened in the autumn of 2020. And I think we had a lot of skepticism. I think it was just a period where we had all these jokes about it because people would rent tops and shirts for their Zoom calls. It was not what we imagined pool to be, but okay, this is a starting point. But at that time, we then realized that there was actually an interest from that very, very small group of people. And we can proudly say that many of these 25 first members are still members today. So that's really nice. And they still come to our events and they're still like an active part of our community. The next big question, particularly for a company started during lockdown, was whether there was an appetite for a physical space. One thing that we realised very early was that no one was really interested in only being online. People very quickly started saying, no, I want to come, I want to try it on, I want to get your advice. So we very quickly had this strange thing happening that we were sitting in a warehouse, but we had to pretend like we were a showroom. <laughs> so we built a concept at that time around Instagram. So we started uploading all our inventory and people would then use that. We would DM back and forth with customers or members. That was our online platform. And then we just realized that 95% like of everyone wanted to come to us. 
And that way we slowly organically built this idea that we needed a showroom. Pool doesn't just need members, though. It also needs an array of interesting and high-profile brands to keep up interest. From Scandi brands such as Sweden's Schneidermans to Comme des Garçons, Runa gives us the lowdown on Pool's unique direct relationship with brands. So we built a principle of responsible sourcing. And the way we think about responsible sourcing is to work directly with brands and actually not go into the typical wholesale retail linear model that they build up, but start working with brands a little bit deeper, look at what they have in stock, how they are building the seasons, when they are dropping, in order to get products in in a slightly different way. We didn't believe that the space of memberships and rental kind of work for the typical linear model because we want to take it out and start circulating it. So we also wanted to see if we can set up partnerships with the brands that are at a higher level where we can actually start working with them for many reasons. One reason being that we are generating data for the brands, not user data, but usage data. That's data that's not really seen in the industry before. We can track how many times a jacket has been used, how many days how many different members, you know, how is it actually being worn. We can see when the buttons fall off, how it does in our professional cleaning process and so forth. So that's extremely interesting data that many other brands are very interested in. Then we're looking at the process of just the seasons from the outside. <laughs> when the sun is shining, when it's cold. So we are wor- we're not working so much with the actual seasons of the wholesale market, but seasons of how the brands uh, are stocking up their items. So what about plans for expansion and the much-touted death of retail? Before I check out the racks of freshly pressed garments for something I might like to rent myself, Christian and Rune give us their take on what's next for Pool and the industry as a whole. We want to do well in our first city, Berlin. And a part of that is hopefully having multiple locations in the city. Our dream is to be located like the post offices used to be located, like where people they live, so that we can be down on the corner for most of our members. That is our dream. But we also... We didn't start pool to just be in Berlin, even though it's uh, that that will be a great effort to uh, to achieve it here. The idea is to scale to multiple cities. For the physical retail, it also seems like there's a movement and like uh, people are talking about the future of retail. It seems like some of the things that are happening with retail, it needs to have a another purpose than just selling stuff. I was just in Paris, and you see all like the Louis Vuitton places there. They all have like a crazy facade, like yeah, Instagrammable stuff. Jacques Mu has like a big toaster going up and down in his uh, in the window. He served popcorn at some points, making a kind of an, an experience as well. That's probably not what we're going to do, but for us, like I think we were also kind of inspired about the good old days where you had your local fashion pusher where you would be hanging out, you would know the, the guys who worked there and have it like a meaningful relationship, like it's, it was a part of your life. We see this as your extended wardrobe. From the beginning also, what does it mean to have an extended wardrobe? Okay, that's a place where you come quite often. What does that then bring on? Like if that brings on some sort of relationship, we start to get to know people, we primarily hire also from that community. And when we do an editorial, then it's usually a member's friend who's the photographer. And so that's how we leverage and also like we nurture and uh, like we do this thing with community in, uh, in a really interesting and uh, really nice and meaningful way. When you are present on just this corner or in any of these corners in Paris or in London, like people are there. There's no way that retail is dead. And I think it's just something that the industry is selling itself. And what we really believe is that the systems that are in place are wrong and then need to be reinvented. There's lots of retail concepts that also work really well. 
we want to add to that. We want to really innovate in that space because it's, the space is here. People live here and they are so excited that things are happening on this corner. That's like our microcosmos. And I think that just, that's going to be the same in all cities. Retail might be dead from like a large perspective, like the big you know, department stores and so forth. They might be struggling because of the systems that are in place with them guessing six to 12 months into the future, what are we buying and like how are we running our businesses? What are the margins? But if you scale that all back to like the core of, you know, what are the unit economics of like a small location that can grow and like how do we multiply these small locations? How do we build the community? How do we monetize that we have a strong community? You know, is it okay for them to come in and take something for nine euros? You know, in many traditional retail worlds, you would say like nine euros is not worth it. You know, why are we even open because of it? But for us, it's like, it's a longevity of the partnerships that we have with our members. You know, it's this feeling that this becomes like a local spot that is, has, a, has a high value. And it's innovative in so many ways because we're bringing something new to that retail space. And the space is not going away. For Monocle in Berlin, I'm Paige Reynolds. Thanks, Paige. We heard there from Runa Orloff and Christian Ricks, the founders of Pool. And you can learn more about Pool's local circular fixes for addressing waste in the fashion business by heading to pool.xyz. That's written as the word pool with dashes between each letter dot xyz. And that's it for this episode of Eureka. We'll be back at the same time next week. Do look out for the Entrepreneur's main programme coming your way every Wednesday. Eureka was produced by Laura Kramer with mixing and editing by Jack Dewars. You can listen again and find out more at monocle.com. That's where you can join the club and subscribe to the magazine, or you can follow us and catch up with the archive via your preferred podcast platform. To get in touch with the team, just email Laura. She's on lrk at monocle.com. I'm Tom Edwards. Goodbye, and thanks for listening to Eureka. Eureka.